on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City. Here's Matt Foley. The Brewers don't lose games like that very often. Pretty solid hitting day for them. Five runs, you'll take that. Seven hits, not great, but five runs, you'll take that. They're winning more often than not by a large margin when they're scoring five runs. But the pitching just lets down. Brandon Woodruff runs into some trouble in the fifth inning. He was moving along pretty good up until that point, having given up just one run through the first four innings. But all of a sudden, he just had a really hard time, gives up a big home run, had a hard time getting... The, the fastball wasn't just wasn't quite on. And we talk about that all the time with Brandon Woodruff, the fastball command, and it wasn't completely there today. And when the fastball doesn't completely work, then a lot of his other pitches don't completely work as well. And what that turns into is a tough day for him on the mound, giving up six runs, five earned in just four and a third innings. So the Brewers have now lost three straight games. They lose to a Cincinnati team that's actually on a little bit of a hot streak here. Cincinnati's won three of their last four. If you want to join the program, you can do so by calling or texting into the first Midwest Bank talk and text line phone number 800-990-3776 800-990-ESPN or you can tweet at me at Matt Pauley on air M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air just a bad Milwaukee sports night the Bucks they lose as well tonight they fall to the Celtics 116-108 coverage of that going on right now over on uh, WTMJ with uh, Justin Garcia but we're here doing uh, Brewers extra innings on 94.5 ESPN Vinny Rotino is set to uh, join me coming up in just a few moments. Again, if you want to join the program, you can call or text in the first Midwest Bank talk and text line, phone number 800-990-3776. Just a tough day for the Brewers and one of those days where pitching let down and they didn't quite have enough hitting to be able to overcompensate for that. We'll continue the conversation in just a moment. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Uh, Let's start with Brandon Woodruff because so much of what Woodruff does is based upon fastball command. His fastball today throws it for a strike 65% of the time. That doesn't sound horrible, but you like that number to be a little bit higher. That's not a that's not a swing and miss pitch, but he normally gets a few swings and misses on it. He got one today off 10 total swings and the bigger thing is that fastball sets up his other pitches so when the fastball isn't working the other pitches aren't working so that's my amateur assessment of what happened what say you no I mean he struck out 12 batters last time for the Cincinnati Reds team and nine of them came on the fastball so I mean it is a swing and miss pitch for Brandon Woodruff that it's a unique fastball Two, four-seamer, two-seamer combination, right? So it's hard to hit both. And so that's why Brandon Woodruff is so good because he has that elite fastball, that four-seamer at the top of the zone. And so you have to cover the one that goes straight at 97, and then you have to cover the one that has that little tailing action as well at 96, 97. So that's why Brandon Woodruff's fastballs are so elite. He has two different ones. But tonight he just wasn't. It, it didn't have that extra finish on it. And he's talked about that in the past, where if he's not feeling synced up, and he's not able to command it for one, and it just doesn't have that extra zip and finish on it. He was actually pretty good through four innings tonight, and then he ran into a wall in the fifth where these Reds hitters just were not you know, off balance from that fastball, and they were extending at-bats. 
And he ended up facing five Reds hitters without recording an out, including that Brandon Drury three-run shot. And so that's really what what did him in tonight is that fifth inning and the fact that he just didn't have his best fastball really overall, but especially in that fifth. So Woodruff's got a track record. We know the pitcher that he is. It's still very early on in the season. Of all the pitchers on the staff, he was the one that was most vocal about being uncomfortable with the shortened spring training and where he was out coming out of spring. So that might just tell you he was a little bit further behind even some of uh, the other guys on staff. But his last three starts, 14 innings, 19 hits, 13 runs, 12 earned, is there any reason to be concerned about him or is this just it's still early on in the season and we know who this guy is yeah i wouldn't say there's any reason to be concerned i mean he's got a 5.97 era right now i mean that is a high number and his whips about you know 136 he's given up a lot of hits like you said uh, but he's still punching guys out he's got 37 strikeouts in 28 and two-thirds innings and so he's given up four home runs but those have come in bunches against the Cincinnati Reds only. And so I would say that I would be concerned if the strikeout numbers weren't there, but they're still there. His changeup is is still really good. Um, I just think the fastball and being synced up, that's going to come with more outings. And the short and spring training obviously is affecting him, but the ability to just kind of time everything up. And there is a timing aspect to pitching. And that's what people, I mean, everyone understands the timing aspect to hitting, right? You got to time up the baseball as it's traveling at you. But with pitching, you got to time up your lower half and upper body at the same time uh, to really get that efficient finish to your release point. And so that's what Brandon Woodruff seems to be battling. At times, we've seen him do it really well. And at times, we've seen him kind of struggle with that. So I don't think there's a reason to be concerned. This guy's too good of an athlete overall uh, just to kind of flounder like this. I think he'll figure it out and be consistent going forward. From the offensive side of things, Omar Narvaez has a nice game. Two for four hits a home run. The Brewers have not gotten a ton of production from that catcher spot. Now, you don't always need to get a lot of production from that spot, but you, you know the kind of offensive player Narvaez has. It, it seems like anytime somebody is struggling, we, we start to really grasp upon one good performance, but it was good to see Narvaez have a day like that today. Yeah, sure. I mean, he's he's been a guy that gives you a consistent quality at bat pretty much his entire tenure with the Brewers. I mean, I guess not in 2020. He really struggled. But the last couple of years, he really gives you a consistent quality at bat. Whether or not the production is going to be there, I think it's just his body. It takes a toll on you to catch every day or to catch as much as he does. And so I think the Brewers are trying to keep him fresh. I mean, he does have a 716 OPS, which is good production from the catching position. He's got four extra base hits, two home hit one tonight um he had a really good at bat as well later in the game where he hit a, a nice line drive single up the middle and so you do get that from he's a savvy he's a savvy hitter he knows what he's doing up there at the play he's just i think he's run into a little bit of hard luck with some hard hit balls as well um but yeah it was a nice night for him and i think again you just got to keep him fresh and you'll get some production more so than than most other teams are getting from their catching position 10-5, the Brewers fall in Cincinnati. I want to get into the bullpen a little bit because uh, I still think this team is trying to figure out how to use the bullpen in all situations other than a small lead in the 7th, 8th, and ninth. We know how that works out. But the rest of the situations, I don't know if we know how that works out. And I want to get into that with Vinny coming up in just a moment. This is Brewers Extra Innings. 
activity in the bullpen. 2-0 pitch. Swinging a high fly ball. It's going to carry deep in the right center and chase back Taylor all the way to the fence. He'll leap up, but that ball's gone. And Farmers hit a three-run home run to break it open for the Reds. Out into the seats in right center field, and all of a sudden, Cincinnati's got a 10 spot on the board. The Reds lead this game 10-5 in the seventh inning. That would end up being the final score, 10-5. Brewers' extra innings does continue. If you want to join in on the conversation, 800-990-3776. That is the first Midwest Bank talk and text line, or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. Vinny Rotino, former Brewer, Valley Sports Wisconsin analyst, continues to uh, join us here on the program. The toughest in-game decisions for a manager more often than not are connected to bullpen decisions. And the Brewers are really lucky because if it is a three-run game or less that they're winning and you're in the seventh, eighth, or ninth inning, you know exactly what's going to happen. It's going to be Boxberger, it's going to be Williams, and it's going to be Hayter. But I feel like this is a team that still doesn't have that set plan for what you're going to do if you're down by one run, if you're down by four runs, if you're up by six runs, like all those other scenarios aren't played out. And Vinny, I was trying to figure this one out today on what I would do. And really when I started thinking about this is when Brad Boxberger came in at the end. Because the thought that went through my mind when Boxberger came in was, well, if you're going to use Boxberger in this game, why didn't you just use him earlier when it was still a game? Now you're using it in, in a situation where it's not a game. Now, to go along with that, that means he would have been pitching in like you know, in the sixth inning, which that's not where you use a Brad Boxberger. But if, you, it, but if the decision's already been made that you're going to use him in this game, there's a lot. There's a better reason to use them early than late, and I just, I, I don't know. I, I I'm looking at how the bullpen was used, and the Boxberger thing just kind of confused me. Yeah. So part, and I agree with you. I actually, I was watching the game in studio. I was on for Bally Sports post game show tonight. I was watching the game with Dominic Contronio. He's the stats guy for the network, and I, I looked at him and I said the same thing. I said, "Why is Holby Milner in the game in the sixth? He did a great job of getting out of the inning in the fifth, picking up Jundel Gustave and getting out of that inning. Now let's go ahead. Who who could we have gone to? I don't know if Boxberger is the right choice there, um, but I don't think they had another choice to go to, right? Because Brent Suter threw yesterday. Luis Perdomo threw a couple innings two days ago, and he's kind of your long guy as well. Um, you almost have to have an extra long guy, which I thought that Jose Urania, I know he couldn't throw strikes, but I was a little bit surprised they didn't option Milner. That's a, That was a tough decision, I'm sure, by the team. Milner um, is a good option for a situational lefty. But the reason why you don't go with Boxberger there. Which I agree with you. Like, you need a le- another leverage guy to keep it close. And Hunter Strickland was that guy, I feel like, last year. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think because Boxberger, you, you, it's only May, early May, and you just kind of want to make sure that these guys have their set roles. And so you're not extending these guys too much too early because you don't want to get in a situation where Boxberger starts getting fatigued in June, July, August, whatever the case. He threw a record number of appearances last year for him. And so I think that's probably part of the reason why you don't use Boxer. Yeah, like I, everything you just said made sense. I just, if you're going to get an inning out of Brad Boxberger tonight, you chose the worst possible yeah. inning to get out of him, right? That's, that's a great point. No, that's a great point because he did throw the eighth. And he was really the only option, the only fresh option. So that's a, that's a really great. I, I feel I'm with you because I actually feel like 
the Brewers were coming back in that game, and they probably – the momentum would have shifted towards them, and it was shifting towards them if Farmer didn't hit that home run, right? And that kind yeah. of put the dagger in them, and then all of a sudden the Brewers' at-bats were just kind of empty, and then they lost the game by five. So I'm with you. Um, they do need – at this point, I think they do need one more leverage arm, and they'll probably add something at some point, which you know Stearns and company have been known to do. So – I'll wait and see that move. They usually make the right choice there, so we'll see what happens. When we look at a bullpen, you look at it, at least for me, I look at it in terms of who do I trust? And clearly I, I trust those back three guys in Boxberger, Williams, and Hayter. God has done a really nice job this year. If I've got to put somebody else in that I trust this guy category, it's him. I, I think we know who Brent Suter is, and it was really good to see him get those couple innings uh, against Atlanta where he looked like Brent Suter, but he hasn't put it all together this year. Really, right now, you have four guys out of the bullpen, just four guys who have been pretty consistent. Yes, and I—I I mean, I think that's that's right. Uh, and then now you got Jay Cousins that's hurt as well. So I do think that, uh, and he's been good obviously last year, and this year he struggled a little bit. So he's not himself either. Uh, but if you don't get him back, you definitely have to add another arm. And this is why. This is what most people aren't thinking about or talking about. The Brewers have Aaron Ashby as maybe a starter. Right, so yeah. we don't really know what he is. So that actually limits you in terms of your numbers of of leverage guys or just guys in general bodies in the bullpen, where other teams that are on a five man rotation have an extra guy. Whereas Ashby's really kind of designated to throwing once every six days, just because of again they're trying to figure out his role, and that's just what they think he's going to be. So um, at this point, you probably need to I don't know, just go out and get another. Hunter Strickland type guy that can cover those leverage innings or close game type situations. Uh, I'm sure if you uh, threw the Reds a bag of balls, they might be able to send Strickland back if you really uh, if you really yeah. wanted to get him. Uh, <laughs> say, yeah. There's a lot of guys on that roster that you would think they'll probably move at some point. The thing with Ashby, though, and he's been really good, and the reason I didn't include him in that group that I was talking about is because he has been used as a starter so much. The other thing, Vinny, is when he does pitch as a relief pitcher, he's still on a schedule. Like He goes yes. into the game knowing, okay, I'm pitching today. So that doesn't make him that conventional reliever that you can use situationally. He ta- he is he essentially takes up a spot on your roster. He's essentially like either a starter, so he can only pitch every six days, or he's a piggyback guy, which he can only pitch every sixth day. So um, where he's going to go, like that Freddie Peralta role that he used to be in, where he would go one time through the order, or you know four innings, or whatever the case. So he really does take up a spot in your bullpen where you can't use a guy. So that's the Brewers got into that situation a little bit tonight, and I almost feel like. They were kind of okay. I hate to say like they were okay with how the game played out, just because. But then, but then you make the point of that they actually had to use Brad Boxberger, so that's not a situation you you really wanted to get in. You wanted what you wanted to have happen was Gustave get through that inning and then Holby cover an inning, um, and then hopefully that they would take the lead. But if they didn't. Again, you wouldn't have to use a Brad Boxberger, but they ended up having to do it, and uh, we'll see how it all plays out going forward here. Yeah. 
10-5, the Brewers fall in Cincinnati. Again, if you want to get in here, you can do so on the first Midwest Bank Talk and text line, 800-990-3776. Have some text messages to get to as we'll continue to uh, go back through the game. We'll do that next here on 94.5 ESPN. The 1-1, swinging a smash into left center field. Over goes Almora. He won't get it, and it bounces past him to the fence. The tying run has scored. Being waved around third is Yelich. There will be no relay to the plate. Rowdy Telez strikes again. It's a two-run double. Oh, he smashed that ball, and it's 2-1 Brewers in the fourth. Telez being named the National League Player of the Week prior to the game. He goes one for four with that double, has uh, two RBIs for uh, Telez now. His RBI total, it is up to uh, 26 on the season. That's a pretty solid total for him. Quarter of the way, just past a quarter of the way to 100. We'll see if he can get there. Welcome back into Brewers X Turnings. My name is Matt Pauley. If you want to join us, 800-990-3776, 800-990-ESPN. Let's grab a couple text messages. Our guy Doug texting in says, Brewers got a little of their own medicine from the Reds tonight. Better be careful. Their pitching is bad, but they have a few hitters who can cause damage. Not much you can do about it now, but Lauer needs to be higher in the rotation. Seems wasted way down there. So, Doug, you've mentioned this before, and maybe I'm just dumb. I don't know. Uh, but I, I hope you're still listening, and I'd love for you to send me a follow-up text message. What in the world are you talking about when you say they need to move Lauer up in the rotation? He's in the rotation, and he's pitching every fifth or sixth day just like everybody else. And I say fifth or sixth. It depends on if they've got Ashby in there or not. Like, just because he started the season as the four-starter or the five-starter or whatever he, whatever he was, like it, the season's going now, and that's where he's at. And he pitches every the, the same amount of times as everybody else. So when you mention him being wasted way down there, what in the world are you talking about? And I'm not trying to be rude, but you keep bringing this point up, and I have zero clue what you're talking about because the rotation is the rotation. And at this point, if we label one guy an ace and one guy a number two and one guy number three, it has zero impact on how they're being used, when they're being used. The only thing that determines when they're being used is the calendar and whether or not Ashby happens to be in the rotation that time through. They're not bumping anybody up. They're not bumping anybody back. Now, maybe when you hit the All-Star break, they'll move some guys around. Uh, going into the postseason, they can do that. But what in the world are you talking about? Please respond on the text line because I am, I am clueless when it comes to this. Uh, Mike in Colorado says... Um, 18 stolen bases for the Brewers so far. Seems like they're ahead of last year's pace. I hope they turn up the momentum. Goes on to say, uh, sometimes Council's propensity to stick too long with his pitchers turn around and bite him. I think this evening may be an example of this. So I assume you're talking about how long they end up leaving Brandon Woodruff in. I would say two things there. I didn't... Uh, I didn't have a problem with how long they left Woodruff in for for a couple reasons. First off, he's one of your guys. He's one of your. He's been around for a while. He's he's a veteran now. He's not a young guy, and you give those players some leeway. You give them the opportunity to work their way out of situations. 
Does it always work? No, it doesn't. And we saw that today. But those guys have earned that opportunity. If it's a younger pitcher, the the hook comes a little bit early. And I think Craig Council very much, we see many times with him, he does not trust young pitchers the way that he trusts more veteran guys. So I don't have a problem with that. And then the second thing goes back to the conversation that I was just having with Vinny Rotino a few moments ago. Okay, if you're going to the bullpen a little bit earlier, again, who are you going to? Who's Who out of the bullpen is better than Brandon Woodruff, especially at that point in the game, right? Uh, and Gott did a nice job. And Okay, so I guess you could argue that maybe Gott could have come in a batter or two early and covered all three outs in the inning or just a few more batters in the inning, but you're still setting yourself up to... Uh, one of my sayings is... Every time the bullpen door swings open, it might go all all bad for you at that moment. You never really know. Like there's that's why bullpen games can be such a gamble. It can go really well, but you never know when one of those guys who comes running out of the bullpen is going to have a bad day. And if it's that guy's day to have the bad day, because they all have them over the course of the season, the more times that bullpen door swings open, the more of a chance that you're going to catch somebody on a bad day. Uh, and this is a this is a long road trip. This is a nine game road trip. You're on the second city. Like these road trips are killer. Three city road trips, and it's not an easy road trip either. Where where you're going? You're going from Atlanta to Cincinnati to Miami. Like this is a tough, tough road trip, and. You just got to be careful with how you use pitching, and I'm sure that's what Craig Council is thinking. So between those two things, I think you give Brandon Woodruff as much leeway as you possibly can before the moment comes where you almost don't have a choice but to take him out of the game. Brewers fall short against the Reds by a 10-5 score. We'll take a break and uh, come back with the postgame comments of manager Craig Council. That's next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Castillo working quickly here. The pitch and a high drive deep right field. Friedel's back onto the warning track to the wall. Gone! Omar Narvaez, his second home run of the season. And the Brewers lead it 3-1. to one. But the Brewers go on to lose by a 10-5 score. Brewers extra innings continuing here on 94.5 ESPN. My name's Matt Pauley. Manager Craig Council met with the media just a little while ago, opened up his post-game comments talking about the performance of starting pitcher Brandon Woodruff. I mean, I thought it was a f- normal. Um, you know, they, I thought they did a really good job against them. They, they just um, they didn't, you know, they laid off his off-speed stuff really, really well. Um they did a great job against his off-speed pitches. I mean, usually with his fastball, it gets him some swings on the off-speed, and he just he didn't he didn't get that tonight. Um, and then Drury hit a you know I mean he hit a ball up out of the zone I think so you know hat tip to that. Um, so we just got to keep working and, and get him locked in. How does that change you know the night for him when he's just not getting the swing and the miss on the fastball like he normally does? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it just makes you work harder. Makes you have to be a little better with everything. And um, you know, I don't, I don't think it was like he wasn't like crisp with everything. Um, and they, I think they did a good job tonight. In that final inning, I think they had a couple of hits off of uh, two strikes. It was just a game where he was just not able to they put guys away like in those later innings. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, that's that's what they didn't they didn't swing at the off speed kind of like to, to finish in at bat. So that they did they did a good job of that. Did you like what you saw offensively from your guys today? I mean, you answered a few times. And yeah, I mean, we, you know, and are both we had, you know, we had some rallies and we hit a couple balls really hard to, to finish out some rallies. Unfortunately, um, and we, we, you know, they they scored ten. I mean, that's tough to keep up with. Yeah, Rowdy had that one in the center. Yelly really scorched one too. Yeah, Yelly and Colton hit two balls hard with guys on that were, you know, RBI RBI situations. What do you think of how you guys fared against uh, Castillo in his in his first half? Yeah, we did a nice job as kind of as the innings after you know first time through, just laying off stuff and um, obviously Rowdy had a big hit. Um, well, we did. I thought we did a good job. Stuff wise for him, did it look crisp? Yeah. Craig, what do you you know? We know how hard he works and like he wants to cruise through outings like he's done. How's he doing? Just he's had a grind for a couple now. He's like almost like trying to get his footing. Yeah, I mean, I I would I'd say he is he hasn't gotten locked in yet, and um, sometimes that's how the season goes. And we just have to keep working to get him. There's Magic Craig Council speaking with the media just a little while. Following up on the text text message from Doug I got earlier, and if you weren't with us in the last segment, I was very confused when Doug texted in, said, uh, Lauer needs to be higher in the rotation, seems wasted way down there. And I responded to him saying, what are you talking about? He pitches every fifth day just like everybody else. It doesn't matter where you were at. Well, he responded that. He said, okay, why does the best pitcher pitch opening day? Why not the worst? Why even have a number one and number two and number three? Okay, put Burns in the fifth spot. There's no such thing as an ace according to you. Uh, Again, we want to go back in time, Doug? Okay, so we didn't know that Eric, and I'm an hour Eric Lauer guy. I think I've been pretty clear on this show on how much I think about Eric Lauer and how much I go back to how he pitched really from the end of June last year on to now. But going into this season, nobody's saying when it goes Burns, Woodruff, Peralta, nobody's saying, oh, you got you to get Eric Lauer start number two of the season. You got to get Eric Lauer start number three of the season. We didn't know that he was going to emerge as really at this point a top two pitcher on this staff. We can't hop in the DeLorean and go back to the first week of the season and put him in the second start of the year. And that's the only time it matters. Again, I don't, I don't understand your obsession with this because it doesn't matter now. He is pitching every fifth day. He pitches the exact amount of times as Corbin Burns. He pitches the exact amount of times as Brandon Woodruff. He is out there every fifth day, just like everybody else. Well, who who cares that he got the fifth start of the season instead of the second start of the season? Like, wh- Why are you... We, we don't know. We don't know these things. We don't know who's going to be the number one. What if Brandon Woodruff all of a sudden completely turns it on and becomes the best pitcher on this staff and Corbin Burns falls off? Are you going to send me a text message in August saying Brandon Woodruff should have been the opening day starter, not Corbin Burns? I don't care that he won the Cy Young. Look at it. Like, that's what you're doing, Doug. It's ridiculous. Like, why are you obsessed with where he is slotted in? It makes Zero cents. All right, we're done with that conversation. We'll move on to the highlights. That's next here on 94.5 ESPN. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get up! And this? Get out of here! Go! Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Pauley. 
Tough night for the Brewers in Cincinnati. They lose by a 10-5 score. Starting pitching matchup, Brandon Woodruff going for the crew while uh, on the mound for the Reds, Luis Castillo. It would uh, be a pretty good start for uh, Brandon Woodruff, especially from a strikeout perspective over the first uh, couple innings. Uh, he would get a, a one strikeout in the first inning, then uh, it would end up uh, getting a couple in the second. But Luis Castillo, he was on quite the roll as well. In fact, uh, in the second inning, and again, for Castillo, he was making his uh, season debut. He's been injured to start the year. Uh, scoreless in the second, Rowdy Telez would strike out, Luis Urias would pop out, and that would bring up Hunter Renfro. 0-2 pitch, Renfro swinging a miss, had a changeup down and away, and it's another 1-2-3 for the crew. Three strikeouts now for Castillo, and he's kept the Brewers off the board through an inning and a half. Yeah, the Brewers just had some early issues against him. The Reds would break through in the bottom of the second inning. Leading off the inning against Brandon Woodruff is Colin Moran. 2-2 pitch. Hit pretty well out to left field. Yelich going back, looking up, and that ball is gone. And Colin Moran hits his third home run of the season, a solo shot. And the Reds take a 1-0 lead here in the bottom of the second. Reds look like they may score some more runs in the third inning with one out. Matt Reynolds gets a base hit, and then with two outs, Brandon Drury singles. Tommy Pham then walks, so the Reds have the bases loaded, two outs, and it's once again Colin Moran at the plate. They have him loaded. Woodruff with an 0-1. Swinging a chopper right to second base on two hops, fielded deep by Wong. A short toss to first overhand in time for the out. That gets Woodruff out of trouble in the third inning. 4-3 the grounder. And side retired. Three men left. The Brewers take the lead in the top of the fourth inning. Colton Wong leads the inning off by walking. He steals second, then Christian Yelich walks. So runners on at first and second for Rowdy Telez. The 1-1. Swinging a smash in the left center field. Over goes Almora. He won't get it, and it bounces past him to the fence. The tying run has scored. Being waved around third is Yelich. There will be no relay to the plate. Rowdy Telez strikes again. It's a two-run double. Oh, he smashed that ball, and it's 2-1 to one Brewers in the fourth. They add to their lead in the fifth inning thanks to Omar Narvaez leading the inning off. Castillo working quickly here. The pitch. And a high drive, deep right field. Friedel's back onto the warning track, to the wall, gone! Omar Narvaez, his second home run of the season, and the Brewers lead it 3-1. to one. Also in the inning, Jace Peterson would walk. There would be a fielder's choice where there was an air on the play. So a couple runners aboard, and that would do it for Castillo, who, uh, again, was making his first appearance of the year. Luis Sessa would come in. He would get out of the inning. Brewers have a 3-1 lead, but not for long. The inning of record in this one came in the bottom of the fifth. Brandon Woodruff continuing to pitch for the Brewers. First battery faces Albert Almora Jr. He gets a double, and then Matt Reynolds walks. So runners on at first and second for T.J. Friedel. Well struck in the left center field. That's going to plug the gap and roll all the way to the wall. Probably going to be worth two runs. A late hold after Almora scores. A late hold of Reynolds, and he falls down trying to get back into the bag at third. So just one comes home on an RBI double by Friedel, and it's a 3-2 ball game, but now the Reds have second and third and nobody out. Didn't really matter where those runners were on the bases because Brandon Drury does this. 2-2 pitch. 
high fly ball, deep center field. Taylor racing back at the warning track. At the wall, it is gone. Brandon Drury goes deep. A three-run blast. And the Reds grab the lead. It's 5-3. to three. Tommy Pham gets a base hit, and then Colin Moran strikes out, but Pham would steal second base, and that ends the day for Brandon Woodruff. Then it brings in Trevor Gott. Gott gets Tyler Stevenson to uh, ground out for the second out of the inning, but then a defensive mistake results in another run scoring. Pitch gets away from Narvaez and over by the Brewers' dugout, and Pham races down the line from third to score. It's 6-3 Cincinnati. It was ruled a pass ball against Narvaez. As good of an offensive game he had today. was not great defensively. Had that play also at a wild pitch in the game uh, that he could potentially have stopped either way. Uh, five runs come across there in that Reds fifth, and it makes it a 6-3 game. The Brewers do get two of those runs back, though, in the top of the sixth inning with one out. A base hit from Luis Urias, and then with two outs, Omar Narvaez singles. So that puts runners on at first and second for Tyrone Taylor. The pitch. Line drive left field. That's going to drop. Around third is Luis Urias. He's headed for home, and he's going to score. It's an RBI single for Tyrone Taylor, and the Brewers get one back here in the top of the sixth. It's a 6-4 ball game. It ends the day for Luis Sessa. Brings on Alexis Diaz. First batter he faces is Jace Peterson. 2-2 pitch. Line drive into center field. That's a base hit. Around third is Narvaez. He's headed home. He's going to score. Streaking to third is Tyrone Taylor. It's an RBI single for Jace Peterson. And it's a 6-5 ball game. Yeah, the Brewers are right back in at this point. You're playing a bad Cincinnati team that has blown a lot of leads. In fact, in that series in Milwaukee last week, the Reds led, I think, two of the three, and, and they end up blowing those leads. So you feel really good about where the Brewers are at at this point. But you go to the bottom of the sixth inning, and Jandel Gustave comes into the game, gives up a base hit to Albert Almora Jr., followed by another hit by Matt Reynolds, puts runners on at first and second. T.J. Friedel then reaches on a fielder's choice where the out is made at second. So runners on at the corners. After a Brandon Drury strikeout, it brings up Tommy Pham. 2-0 pitch. Ground ball. Diving is Urias. It's going to get past him and into left field for a base hit. Trotting down the line and scoring is Almora. The Reds push that lead back to 7-5. An RBI single for Tommy Pham. Friedel stops at second base. Pham with a couple of hits tonight. That ends the day for Gustave. Hobie Milner comes in, and uh, he gets Colin Moran to strike out. Just one run across from the Reds. Brewer still in okay shape, down just two runs, but then things really turn in the seventh. Milner continuing to pitch for the Brewers, gives up a base hit to Tyler Stevenson and Tyler Naquin. So runners on at first and second, and coming up to the plate with the longest 0 for streak in Major League Baseball. He was 0 for 34, his last 34 uh, at bats, not a single hit. Well, that changed in a big way for Kyle Farmer. No activity in the bullpen. 2-0 pitch. Swinging a high fly ball. It's going to carry deep into right center and chase back Taylor all the way to the fence. He'll leap up, but that ball's gone. And Farmer's hit a three-run home run to break it open for the Reds. Out into the 
seats in right center field, and all of a sudden, Cincinnati's got a 10 spot on the board. The Reds lead this game 10 to 5 in the seventh inning. That ends up being the final score. Brad Boxberger throws a scoreless eighth, but the Brewers cannot get any more on the board as they end up losing 10-5 with the win. The Reds go to 6-23. The Brewers dropping to 19-11. Winning totals for Cincinnati. They score 10 runs on 14 hits with one air. They leave six for the Brewers. Five runs, seven hits, no airs. They leave five. The winning pitcher is Luis Sessa, 1-0. and uh, Brandon Woodruff takes the loss. He drops to 3-2. and two. Home runs in the game. Moran, his third. Drury, his sixth. Farmer, his first for the Brewers. Omar Nevarez, it's his second of the year. The game lasting, in three hour, game lasting three hours and 18 minutes. Played in front of an announced crowd of 10,046 folks. I think a few of those people may have uh, dressed up as empty seats at Great American Ballpark. Brewers come up short. They lose to the Reds by a 10-5 score. We'll come back. We'll preview game two of this series, get you some scores from around baseball, and get out of here for the night. It's Brewers Extra Innings. Jose Quintana pitching six shutout innings, giving up just two hits, five strikeouts. He does walk four. He picks up his first win, uh, so he goes to one and one. Good win for uh, the Pirates, who continue to kind of be a scrappy bunch. The Cubs are in action right now. They lead in San Diego over the Padres 3-0. That game is in the top of the sixth inning. Kyle Hendricks still pitching for the Cubs. So far, five shutout innings, two hits, four strikeouts, no walk so far for Kyle Hendricks. So Jose Quintana and Kyle Hendricks are your uh, guys who are pitching well in the NL Central tonight. A little bit of a turn back the clock evening in the NL Central. No minor league games tonight. The Miners had the night off, and action will resume coming up tomorrow. The Brewers series against Cincinnati will also resume tomorrow. Game two of this three-game set. The Brewers will have right-handed pitcher Freddie Peralta on the mound. He is 1-1 one one with a 5.09 ERA. Cincinnati is going to oppose with right-handed pitcher Hunter Green, who's 1-4 with an 8.71 ERA. Brewers just shellacked Green the last time out, hitting a ton of home runs against him. Hard thrower, gets a ton of strikeouts, but if he doesn't strike you out, there's a pretty good chance that the ball might be leaving the yard as he tries to figure things out. A really good young pitcher, an exciting young pitcher, throws hard. It's going to be fun to watch his development, but still fairly raw right now, and we'll see what kind of adjustments he makes against the Brewers here in his second start against them. 5.41st pitch tomorrow. That means coverage will begin at 5.05. No Bucks basketball tomorrow, so we are back over on WTMJ, and that's where we'll be with uh, Brewers extra innings following the game. Again, the Brewers, uh, they fall short. They lose to the Cincinnati Reds by a 10-5 score tonight. They've lost three in a row. We'll talk to you after the game tomorrow for more uh, Brewers extra innings, and again tomorrow, back on WTMJ.